From Gimlet, this is Reply All. I'm PJ Vote. And I'm Alex Goldman. And uh, today we have uh, Wallace Mack in the studio. What's up, y'all? Hey, Mac. You have a story for us today. I do, I do. So you want to talk about it? Yeah, let me tell you about it real quick. So a couple months ago, I was doing this thing where I got really fascinated by this idea of finding black utopias, like utopias for black people. Um, And so I started searching. My first thought was to look back in history. So like maybe something like a black Wall Street, but not quite a utopia. Um, And then I was like, all right, physical places that exist now, maybe like a cult or an independent city. And in the research, I just didn't see it. Like I even tried looking online. I couldn't really find anything. But what I did find was this woman who tries to build this sort of utopia for herself and ends up with a lot of power, like so much power that she has to make a decision that's kind of crazy. And that's what I want to know more about. The story you ended up finding is like, I have never heard a story like this before. It's really, I don't know. I really like it. Um, Do you want to just take it away? Yeah, I got it. All right. So the story is about a woman named Autumn. She's 27, and she lives in L.A. What do, what do you do? Oh, I work as a special education um, aide in a special day class. So I work primarily with third, fourth, and fifth graders with special needs. That sounds like a, a really, like, rewarding job. Yes, it really is. And so what makes you happy? Wow, that's a deep question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can be as deep or lighthearted as you want it to be. Um, what makes me happy is making other people happy. Like, that's the honest truth, I guess. So the story starts when Autumn's eight or nine, and her mom drags her to this baby shower. Because, you know, sometimes your mom drags you to stuff that you really don't want to be at. And she's not alone because there's this other girl there that doesn't want to be there either. And the girl is like, hey, like, come to my room. I have something I want to show you. And so they go. And the girl, like, boots up this computer. And there it is. This tiny world that Autumn's never seen before. The Sims. And I watched her build a house and make these people. And the people were talking and cooking. And I was like, whoa, it's like a dollhouse on a computer. And so, like, what did you like about the game when you first saw it? What was intriguing about it to you? I liked that you could control little tiny people. Um, she was kind of cruel, I guess, with them, like drowning them on purpose. But I I liked the thought of being able to make all these little tiny people and they all live their own individual tiny lives. Okay. And and around with around the time that you first started playing the game, how much time would you say you spent playing? All the time. If I was not at school, I was playing. So you'd go to school. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you... Come home. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got home, and the second I got home, the shoes were off, run upstairs, play the computer, get yelled at, do my homework, and then turn right around and keep playing. Autumn told me that she would, for the most part, do anything to avoid life at home. Because, like, her relationship with her mom was hard. Um, My mom worked as a teacher, but she was for, like, upper grades. She was a teacher, so she worked with kids all day, and then she came home, and I guess coming home to a kid was a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so if she wasn't, um, I guess, disciplining, then she was off by herself, um, and there was no other 
parent in the equation. But I know growing up, I was really angry and resentful that everyone else seemed to have at least one parent that loved them, and I didn't. So Autumn spends a lot of time at home by herself. And when she gets to school, things still feel like trash. When I went to school, it was in an area that was rough, right? Like, we would fight over, like, who could have the juice instead of having bagged milk. And um, I was naively nice to the point where I was letting fifth graders kick me in the shins because they said it was a game. Um, And I would get bruises. But there was one bright spot in her life. A person that loved her fiercely. Her grandma. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. I would get out of school early and she would pick me up. I lived, like, right around the corner. I was a block away from the school, but she refused to let me walk. Her grandma would do stuff for her, like take her to museums, spend days with her at the library, and, like, cook her favorite foods. What did your grandma look like? She was a chunky, let's say, five foot six, five foot six and a half woman. Um, lighter skin. She always kept her hair pressed. Every single day, she'd put the pressing comb on the stove and press her hair. Even though that's not good for your hair, you don't press dirty hair. Um, and she had an amazing smile. Like, she had um, an episode, I guess. And then, like, one side of her face, like, her mouth drooped, and she was really self-conscious about it. But she would still smile, and it was just the most beautiful smile in the world. And Autumn knew no matter how bad her day was, her grandma would still be happy to listen to her. Why, why do you think she, like, she cared so much? I have no idea. Like, my brain want to say because she was my grandmother, but it's like people aren't nice just because someone's family. I guess she just wanted to, like, let me have a really enriching and fulfilled life, mm-hmm. maybe, which is really good of her. But that's all I can think of. So Autumn's grandma is just being kind to her. Like she's showing somebody who really needs some love, some love. And that's kind of what Autumn did when it came to her Sims. Logically, I knew it was a game. But at the same time, I was so invested in these people and in what they did. It was like, I can do this. I can make them be happy. I can do something. I can change things. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a sense of power that I guess I didn't have otherwise. And so in Autumn Sims' world, like, her house would have white picket fences, grass that's just green and, like, manicured to hell. And 
a fridge full of food and there's a dad there. And like, it really takes a lot of work to do this shit. Like, I don't, I remember playing The Sims and not giving my Sims nearly this level of like attention to detail. But at 13, Autumn's like a pro at this. And having this kind of generic, happy family is what she needs. Like, yeah, it's boring, but like inside this like house that she built for her Sims, there's a lot of love and support. And for a while, that's the perfect escape. But then something happens in Autumn's life that kind of changes everything. When Autumn's 15, her grandma is diagnosed with lung cancer and they put her on hospice care. She was like, you know, deteriorating. Um, and we went to see her one more time and then we left. And I remember a couple of days after I told my mom I really felt like I needed to see her. And my mom said, no, we already said goodbye. We're not going back. And then one day her mom comes home from work and it's basically just like, hey, grandma died today. It was just kind of really casual almost. It felt so dry how she told me. So this is like actually really traumatic for Autumn. Like, in her mind now, she's forced to kind of conjure up this idea of her grandma dying in this hospital, sad and, like, alone. And to top it all off, her mom won't even really talk to her about it. And at this point, all she really has is The Sims. That's, like, her thing, right? But now The Sims feels different. I kind of understand that, right? Like, have you ever just been doing something and suddenly forget why you're doing it? Like, it just kind of starts to feel dumb. Yeah, Autumn had no idea what she was doing with this Sims, like, kind of playing with this, like, fake-ass family. So she dumps it, like, fuck that. And she decides to replace it with a world that looks like her own before her grandma died. I was like, okay, well, I just want to make my house again. I want to make my actual real house that I live in. Um, I want to make my family and all that stuff. And so I was building. And then as I was building and I made myself and I made my mom, it's like, well, I want my grandmother to be here because I miss her. And I don't have anything to really remember her by because we don't have a lot of pictures of her really either. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, okay, well, let me have her back. I want her back. Let me make her be back. And what's the first step in making her? Ooh, let me think. The first step was making sure that I got her face looking as close as possible. Mm-hmm. I, like, got rid of the hair. I made her bald so I could see what I was doing. But I made sure that, like, I took a gross amount of time, like, shaping her eyes her nose, her face, like the best that I could remember. Got it. And then, and then, like, what were some, of, like, what were some of the other steps that you went through after you got the face to a place that you felt comfortable with? Uh, I made sure to give her her pearl earrings. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave her loves the outdoors. I gave her neat. I gave her hot headed. I think and what are I these things that you're? Oriented. What are these things that you're describing? The need. Oh, I'm sorry, they're traits. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they're things that 
are like part of your sim's personality. Mm-hmm. So it's like if they're neat, then they will reflexively want to like clean up messes that they see or they'll get freaked out if there's a mess. And I made her a natural cook, that's what it was, because she made some good food. <laughs> what kind of things did she make? Oh my God. She would make bacon, like so much bacon, and like toast and eggs, and it was all really good. She made yams, she made... God, she made greens, she made like black-eyed peas, she made so many things. She made corn, but she made so much. I can't list everything that she made. Mm-hmm. She made really good food. <laughs> I love how excited did you get about the food that she made. That lets me know that it was actually really good. Oh, her food was so good. Oh, my God. So Autumn is doing all this work to kind of make this sim feel and behave as realistically as possible. But it gets to a point where it's like, what's the point? Because the defaults that she's working with is just... To be frank, just white as hell. You know, it's the same five hairstyles that white people think all black people have. And so she really wants to make this thing real, but it's not real enough. But Autumn being Autumn, she's not going to settle until she gets it right. And then one day she finds this website called The Black Simmer. I'm using a custom skin tone in my game, and this is the one right here. She also has. Look at the look, the hair. Look at these earrings. Look like what? Like what the fuck? The Black Summer is basically a place where black people who love The Sims come together and I don't know, uh, essentially modify the game. Like, they draw style inspiration from their own lives, like things they would actually wear or, like, use. And then they upload it so other people can use it in the game. If you can get it while you can, grab it, you guys. Like, I'm telling you, it's mad cute, so. Like, before the Black Summer, like, there was no real custom content that I knew of that fit people that look like me, right? And my grandmother. Like, it was just, you deal with what you get, and if it doesn't fit, sucks. And then I found the black simmer. I'm like, wait a minute, that skin color is my grandmother's skin color. Those glasses are my grandmother's glasses. That hair, they have church now. Like, people have made churches, like, with actual church events. Like, the tin that's supposed to have butter cookies and it has sewing things in it instead. Or the, like, big, I think it's country crock butter thing that has no butter. It has, like, leftovers from something else. Like, little touches like that. Or, like, a clock. A clock that is apparently not sold anymore, but every single Black household has had it before. Or like this pan, like little things that are so culturally poignant. These things I could take and put in my grandmother's house and put it in her life and put on her and make her feel more solidified. So it's not just this casual memory of maybe my grandmother's house and maybe my grandmother. It's my grandmother. It's my grandmother's house. It's her memory that I can keep. And so Autumn needs to make one final tweak now. It's like this crazy tweak that you can only do in The Sims, but it's a tweak that makes sure that Autumn's grandma never gets any older. I turned off aging. Like, I didn't want her to age. I left her be. And in my mind, I was thinking, okay, I can't actually have her back, but I can play through her still existing here. I'm not ready to let go yet, 
So I'm going to have her here, and she's going to be here until I'm ready. Mm-hmm. So you have your grandma in the game now, and now it's, like, not possible for her to get older. It's not right. possible for her to pass away. I can just have her. She's there for me. She's there. Every single day after school, Autumn is on a mission. And that mission is to get home as fast as she can to hang out with her grandma. So she gets home, she probably flings that book bag off, and she's up the stairs to get into The Sims. And there in the game, from the moment she logs in, the phone starts ringing. See, Autumn had programmed her grandma to be family-oriented, so her grandma called all the time. And so, like, she's watching her sim on the phone with her grandma. She can see her sim, like, smiling and, like, getting comfortable, sitting on the couch, kicking her legs up. You know, all the things you do when you're having a really good phone conversation. And Autumn can't actually understand the conversation they're having because in the game, sims speak a made-up language called simlish. But for Autumn, it's like kind of therapeutic to be able to fill in the lines. And in her mind, she's imagining her grandma's asking things like, hey, how was your day? You know, how's it going? I miss you. And so who did you tell that? Did you or did you tell anyone at all that you were recreating her in the game? I didn't game? tell. You didn't tell. That was for me. It was specifically my thing for me. It was my mine like that was one thing of her that was mine i did not share with anyone i didn't show anyone it was for me it was mine and like for a year that felt good like she could walk around in the sims universe and just randomly run into her grandma in the park or she could like go visit her grandma at home where they could sit on this big wooden swing she had and just chill like It's great. It's like perfect. It's like everything Autumn wants, right? Well, Autumn started to notice that after a while, she'd go into the game and it wasn't working as well as it used to. Like it just, it didn't make her happy anymore. And she starts to realize the problem. She just created a world where her grandma could never die, which meant she can't grieve, which is like, what's the point? Like, this is already her reality. And so that's what leads her to her big decision. She decides to go back into the settings of The Sims, and she turns time back on. I turned aging back on, and it was absolutely miserable. Like, I felt awful, because it was like, you would see, like, the little, at 6 o'clock every day in the game, like, the little age meter would move up a little bit. And it's like, well, we're that much closer to the end, and that upset me because in my mind it's like I don't want to lose her again okay and so you turn aging on in the game you're playing with her and as you're continuing to play you're looking at the meter and it's it's ticking ticking um so do, do you change the way that you play now that aging is turned on yeah by that time my sim had grown up and had kids of her own so then she was a great grandmother Excuse me. And so I'd let, like, my kids go to her house, and I would go to visit her. It was like a big thing, because now that I couldn't depend on just maybe seeing at her in the park, like, 
two or three sim weeks from then. It's like every moment was precious. Mm-hmm. So like there was a thing that happened where my sim had a toddler, right? And my grandmother was teaching my toddler how to walk. Um, and so in the game, you can like record, like they have home videos basically, but in games, you can record things that happen in the game and then still play them while you're in game, like on a TV, mm-hmm. like a regular home video. I know those don't really exist too much anymore, but you know. Um, and so I recorded my grandmother teaching my toddler to walk. And for me, that was, it was wild. Cause it's something that I know that I'll never have, but it was so wild to see it happening. Like I wish, you know, I wish that she could be around to see things like that or to like be around to see the birth of my first child, things like that, but I can't have that. So it was just, it was really good to be able to have it happen in a game, if anything. Why didn't you just decide to keep it off? You know, that would have been so much easier. Why did the why did that realization make you feel like you had to, like, turn it on rather than just kind of continue to live in the fantasy? I think that it was important for me to, like, see that life can continue past someone so important passing on. Does that make sense? I know it's, like, really convoluted and weird, mm-hmm. but that's not how life works, and I can't deny that that's not how life works. That's not healthy. Yeah. Could you tell me about the night or the day that your grandmother passes in The Sims? It was hard. Uh, I signed in. Um, Like, I got in the game. Uh, Excuse me. And things were going pretty normally. Um, I couldn't see her life thing because I was playing as me, but I could see mine moving. And it's like, okay, well, if my life is progressing, I know hers is too. Um, and then eventually I got a notification in the top corner of my screen that said that her name, Grace, was going to pass soon. And if I had any business left to take care of it now, I was terrified. Because it's like, I can't, it was that initial shock of, I can't lose her again. I don't want to lose her. I want to turn off aging. I'm not ready. I can't do this. I want to keep her. I don't want to lose her again. But um, I had to pause the game, kind of walk away and think it's like, well, this is, this is life. This is what happens. And at least it's peaceful and you're getting a warning. So go ahead and keep playing and just let what, what's going to happen, happen. Um. So I unpaused the game and I moved her sim out of her house into my house so I could keep an eye on her. Um, She got to be really comfortable in her last in-game days. I let her go out and sit in the garden. We sat, we talked, and then I saw that it was the very end of her life thing. Like it was at the very end. There was no time left. It was going to be that day. So I didn't let my sim go to work. I didn't let the kids go to school. No one went anywhere. Everyone stayed home with her. And then right on time, she just kind of, like, the the camera, like, shot to her so you have to see it. Um, And she just laid down. And she, like, it was kind of, it was really peaceful. Like, she just, she she passed. Like, there's this big, fancy, luau-looking thing, like the Grim Reaper cubs, and 
they just like nod and acceptance that it's their tie. And they go and it left behind because it was inside, it left behind an urn. And all of my sims start crying. They're all bawling. And I'm crying. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Like, I couldn't stop crying. But it still felt better for me. Like, as a person, it felt better to watch her pass in luxury, knowing that she lived a long, fulfilling life doing the things that she loved. And there was no suffering and no pain. I could be there for her. And what gave her, like, hugs and kisses and everything. She wasn't by herself. Or she wasn't with some nurse that didn't really, like, get attached to her or anything. Like, she was with family. Like, I spent a long time, like, while I'm crying. This is my grieving process. I took the urn and put it outside to make sure it was a gravestone. And I put, like, so many flowers and trees around her her grave. In the weeks that come after this, Autumn keeps watching her Sims kind of process this. And she's seeing, like, her two kids, they're, like, hugging and weeping and holding each other's faces and holding her and she could log in and really see her family visiting her grandma's grave do you think you could have processed this grief that you had associated like with the passing of your grandma in the same way without the sims heavens no not a chance i would still be sitting and thinking to myself my grandmother is sitting in the living room in her house Mm -hmm. i know that's not true But that's what I grasped to, to, like, keep myself from melting, to, like, breaking down, was, no, she's not actually gone. She's just sitting on the couch in her house, and she's just having a time, and she doesn't have phone connection, and that's why she hasn't called. That's all it is. It's been 10 years since the funeral, and in that time, a lot of the things in Autumn's life that made her need The Sims before, don't really exist anymore. She's not in school, being bullied by kids. She doesn't live with her mom anymore. And in fact, she like has a job and she has a partner. She has like actual power over her life. She still sometimes misses her grandma. And when she does, she can't really bring herself to visit the actual grave. Like she knows it's gonna be a mess and It's possible she'll be the first person to ever visit it. And to Autumn, that's not the right way to remember her grandma. So instead, she goes back to the game. And there in the backyard of the house, one of the first things you'll see is this big wooden swing. And it's the swing that Autumn and her grandma used to hang out on. Then exact opposite of the swing, you'll see this like huge plot of grass and it's this really nice white slab of marble that's just like hanging in the shadows of a huge maple tree. And every year around her grandma's birthday or special holidays, that's where you'll find Autumn, crouched down, laying flowers at the head of her grandma's grave.
reporter Wallace Mack. A version of the story you just heard originally appeared on The Nod. If you like our show and you haven't checked out The Nod, you're cheating yourself out of a lot of free joy, and I think that's a very strange choice. We've talked about them on the show before, but like The Nod, they're also at Gimlet. We love them. It's like our show in that it is sort of weird and hard to explain to people who aren't already listening, but I want to give it a shot. They cover black culture. Like, that's what they're interested in. And the show that they make, it's just like every week it is just something entirely different and weird and fun and surprising. So, like, they'll have a story like the one you just heard. But then the next episode, they have this one, Peak Reality, where it's just Eric, one of the hosts, making this extremely funny and weirdly, like, kind of persuasive argument that 2016 was the absolute high watermark for reality TV. And then you get an episode like they have one, Paradise Garage, where all the stories are set in this 1970s New York nightclub that was hidden in an old parking garage. They have a story called The Cowboy of the West Village, which is like, I literally do not want to say a thing about it because it's one of those things you just have to listen to. It's a complete surprise from the beginning to the end. Um, Yeah, go check them out. They're on iTunes, The Nod. Okay, we'll have more of our show after the break. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. You have goals. Reach them fast with IU Online's Accelerated Degree Programs. Our six- and eight-week courses are taught 100% online and can fit any schedule. Advance your career with a bachelor's in informatics. It only takes 10 minutes to apply. Earn an Indiana University degree that's valued around the world. Get started today at IU Online. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Alex? Yes? Can I tell you this thing I've been thinking about? Sure. You remember when we did the call-in show where we took calls 48 hours? I mean, one of us did. Yeah, I was about to correct you. Yes, I remember that. Um, Do you remember, so like the second night you actually did go to sleep and I stayed up? Yes. And there was this one phone call I ended up having with a guy, I think he was from New Zealand. And like by the time he called, I don't know, it was like, 
four o'clock in the morning. It was it was really late, and I like I started to feel this like weird like abandoned on the moon astronaut feeling. Like I just felt very even though like we were taking the phone calls, it felt very isolated and bad. Totally, you're in like a tiny sealed box in an empty office, and your co-host is asleep. But but the thing about the New Zealand call was. The way he described where he was, it felt like he was literally standing on the edge of the world. Okay. Like, he just described the place he was as, like, so pretty and remote and, like, and it felt nice to be talking to someone from the farthest possible point. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of, like, if I were to think of the the utopian version of the internet, that's it. It's, like, you get to talk to people who have... Who are like at the literal furthest point from you with like the most diametrically opposed life that you you can never touch. But then suddenly it, all distance is collapsed by this wonderful technology. All right, Carl Sagan. <laughs> <laughs> and in the beauty of the night sky. No. Like I guess my question is just like is there a point in your past where you like – what's the time where you most remember that feeling of just being – remote and isolated and just having a very thin line back to where life was. What you're describing sounds like the time I was committed to a mental hospital. (laughs) (laughs) That is an example of feeling isolated. Is it, is it okay if I ask you like what happened? So this was like 15 years ago. Um, This is when you were in Texas. This is when I was in Massachusetts. Oh. And um, I was just a, a person who was deeply chemically imbalanced and needed a lot of help, which I have since gotten. So, like, I'm in good shape. But, like, being in a mental hospital feels remote because um, you're trapped in a place with people you don't like. You have to sleep in a room with people you don't like because you don't, you don't get a room to yourself. You have no autonomy, can't shut a door, and they have a phone. You can use it as much as you want, but... They do this thing where they – this cruel thing where they're like, listen, you know, if – what it tells us when you do this – because like all you – all anybody wants in this position, which is like you have no privacy. You're totally exposed. The You're doing group therapy 15 times a day to tear yourself apart and rebuild yourself as something that is like stable enough to walk out the doors. So you can use the phone whenever you want, but what they say is like, listen, what you're telling us when you use the phone all the time is that you're not ready to leave here. Oh. That's the most isolated I've ever felt, I guess. <laughs> what did you, what was your little straw to see the world through? Like, was it the phone? Basically, um, I was like trying to, I was just like trying to find Those moments when you're like desperately alone and you need someone who understands what you're going through. Um, And so you just keep like, so I feel like this was a very common experience in college where where I was just like calling and calling and calling people from my dorm room being like, I just need you to understand me. I just need you to understand me. (laughs) Just magnify that a hundred times when you're in the mental hospital. And it also happened to be the weekend of my grandmother on my mom's side's funeral. And I called my mom and I was like, hey, I can't come. I'm in a mental hospital. I need you to understand me. What did she say? She was like, I can't believe you'd fucking do this. <laughs> and I was like, well, I didn't exact, I did get committed. So. I bet your mom feels so bad about that. She's going to when she hears this. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know. This is like weird and I don't know if it'll work, but like, I, 
it's like every once in a while there have been these moments where actually it's like instead of us just yammering forever, it's like we'll hear from people who normally have to listen. Like with the call-in show, it happened a bunch of times where it would be like all of a sudden it was like on a dock under some stars in the Midwest. You know what I mean? Or like we were like in a dorm room in a weird dorm room fight. I guess I just want – I just – I want that feeling like – Basically, like, the dream version is somebody's, like, um, I'm on an oil rig in deep space, and uh, this is where I'm recording from. I'm sorry, an oil rig in deep space? Isn't that a thing in some sci-fi movie? I don't know. What do they mine in space? Uh, Unobtainium. Okay, I'm in an unobtainium mine in deep space, and uh, I listen to the podcast, and this is my, like, mining hole. Do you want, like, the the John Cage... Four minutes and 33 seconds. No, it doesn't lives. have to be silent. Like, I actually would be totally happy if people were like, here's why it feels like how it feels out here. But I just want to feel the sense of, like, you, like, send audio out and, like, it usually doesn't come back. And I want to see the farthest places it comes back from. I like that idea. Basically, I just want clips where it's, like, people saying, like, where they are, what they're seeing there, and how it feels to be there. And maybe, like actually like a minute of just like the sound of that place mm-hmm. just to be clear unobtainium is really only on the planet of pandora what is unobtainium from avatar avatar how are you pulling avatar references i gotta be honest today i was thinking about how after that movie came out there were all those articles about people who saw the movie and then became depressed because pandora seemed so utopian that they like <laughs> got in forums and were just like god i wish i could just be one of those blue guys that was a thing? I mean, I don't think it was a real... I think, like, one person said it on a forum, and it became an, an article on a hundred different uh, news outlets. That's such a sweet expression of being very depressed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if people have stuff... What's the email address that we tell people to send emails to? Well, there's reply all at gimletmedia.com. Is that what we want to use? What's your personal one, though? <laughs> so send your recordings, just about a minute or so, to reply all at gimletmedia.com. Subject line, unobtainium. is hosted by me, PJ Vote, and Alex Goldman. Our show is produced by Shruti Pinamanani, Thea Benin, Damiano Marchetti, Anna Foley, and Jessica Young. The show is edited by Tim Howard. This week we had more editing help from Emmanuel Barry. Our intern is Heather Schroering, and the show is mixed by Rick Kwan. Fact-checking by Michelle Harris. Special thanks this week to Amira Virgil, founder of The Black Simmer, and to The Nod. Again, go check them out. We have links to all the episodes that I mentioned in our show notes. You can go right from there. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. There are actually a lot of additional music credits for this episode. You can find them on our website, replyall.limo. Matt Lieber is a long drive at night. 
You can find more episodes of the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. Menu. Maintenance. System checkup. Start. Well, that's lucky. I wonder how many times I can get thrown like that. Perilous cliffs. Nice touch. Hey! Over here! Watch out for the edge! And whatever the hell that thing is. Footprints. Yeah, there are some over here, too. What the hell? Ooh, shiny. Hey, I found another computer chip on the ground. I said I found another... Never mind. Yeah, I want to put this in my head. Say nothing if you agree. Okay. Where are you? Yeah, I'm gonna put this in my head. I could never resist a bad idea. Hey, these look like paw prints over here. Okay, maybe I should sit down.